Bill is a young guy living in Nigeria who's a VA by day and a musician at night. And in this episode, Bill talks to me about his early childhood, growing up in a household where both parents were in the medical field. But despite his best efforts, his heart was more in technology than it was in medicine. Bill also spoke to me about the six years he spent at a military bit building school in Nigeria and how they got beaten every day for things like not waking up on time at 4.30 when the alarm went off. I was also surprised to learn that even girls would get severely beaten too and have to run errands for their superiors in their break. Bill's experience, he said, taught him to become resilient and showed him that you can succeed in anything if you try hard enough and don't give up. They learnt discipline and had to grow up fast, making decisions for themselves at a very young age. He learnt how not crying when he got beaten gained you more respect, so it was survival of the toughest. Have a listen and let me know your thoughts, or maybe you have a similar story that you would like to share. Thank you, and now over to Bill. Hi Bill, welcome to my podcast, Toxic Masculinity Behind the Mask, a look at men, mental health and how society, culture and traditional um, ideals put pressure on men to act, look, behave in a certain way and how that is affecting their mental health. So lovely to have you on the podcast. Great to see you. And um, so I'm aware the listeners can't see you, but you are, it's fair to say, young. You're a young man in your prime. So um, what are your aspirations, first of all, you know, when you look sort of like five years ahead into the future from where you are now? So I think uh, for me, two things remain constant in my life. My love for tech and music. So I think definitely in five years from now, I probably most likely have a kid. But mm-hmm. I'm going to be working in the tech industry. My business now is focused on uh, supporting small businesses with technology. But then, but probably by then, I'll be working with bigger businesses and writing music for more people than I am now. So mm-hmm. most, I don't, I don't know exactly what I'll be doing, but I'm sure it's going to be tech or music related I just uh, follow whatever the journey takes me okay but so that means you've got many job titles because you're 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 also um on LinkedIn as a virtual assistant aren't you yeah I I'm, I'm I, I tried to kind of put what I do as a virtual assistant is supporting big small business with technology mm-hmm. so I, I I I put out my music from uh LinkedIn because it, I just wanted everyone to know me as someone that supports business and mm-hmm. technology. But in the evenings when I'm done with work, I I work on my music stuff in the evening. So, but mostly tech for now. But probably by then, I will be able to set up the tech side of my business properly and focus more a little bit more on my music. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about your music, um, tell us what kind of music it is that you do and how successful have you been? So I mostly write pop, pop stuff and mostly pop mm-hmm. and as far as successful, I, I don't really do music full time, but the few stuff I have done has been quite 
successful and good. I think the first thing I put out was uh, played on radio and people really, that's my most uh, listened to stuff. Mm-hmm. Some jazz track I put out in 2017, just pure jazz. I, and people loved it. So I, I think if I, and I recently just, yeah, this just recently happened. Like, um, this week I just got uh, an, an, an email that I got a scholarship to study music production. So that's, that's another amazing thing that's happened. Uh, so working on new stuff, and I, I think if I put more time on the music, I'll be um, more successful in it. But right now, I, I believe I'm focusing one thing, on one thing at a time. So my main focus now is building my VA business. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So um, how much of your dreams are influenced by how you grew up and the people around you? So I think what the life I'm living now is different from what I pictured growing up as a kid uh, because I grew up in a medical family. My my dad is a medical doctor, he's mm-hmm. a general surgeon, and my mom is not. She works with uh, in the, she works with pregnant ladies or mm-hmm. And so growing up, I, I saw myself as someone that was going to become a doctor like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I did really well at science in high school. I got to college, and when I got to college, I realized that she's <clears throat> a the science thing was not for me, <laughs> and and I, I when I I look back uh, to myself as a kid, I, I always always loved tech. Um, in mm. primary school, while others went on break, I, I would go to the computer room and work on um, because we, we we did learn program one program at a time. I think one program takes two weeks. We learn one program for two weeks before we switch to the next. So I spend most of my breaks in the computer room. Uh, learning programs and at some point when i was in primary later in my primary school years I, I was teaching my classmates the teacher was focusing on other stuff so i decided to explore since i actually did enjoy enjoyed it as a kid and that's how i ended up saying i'm just gonna focus on tech and music because uh, these are two things that really make me happy so it doesn't really feel like work it's mm-hmm. just fun yeah yeah that's the difference isn't it when you do something that you love it all just comes naturally doesn't it and it doesn't feel like work yeah it's it's just fun and you you're, you're getting paid to do it so it's just mm. it's great yeah but if you have, but i think one thing i growing up uh one thing that really influenced me is my dad and mom mm-hmm. they they have this um attitude of when they, when they want something they, they work hard towards it my, mm-hmm. My mom, for example, in high school, she didn't study science and she got out of high school and decided she wanted to be a nurse. And I think another year she was able to study those science courses, take an exam, pass it, and uh, went off to nursing school. She was uh, she was raising up, she was raising up and going to nursing school. And it's, so that growing up in that environment really uh, it just it really pushed me to mm-hmm. always do better. And when I want something, I actually walk towards it with all in me. I, so, so I owe it a lot, a lot to my parents. Yeah. That's lovely. So it sounds like you've had lots of positive role models then growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, I'm, I'm quite, I, I see that uh, it's, I'm just quite lucky, you know, growing up here, you don't, you don't, um, see lots of kids that get that uh, positive influence growing up so they just despite all the negativity going on around my parents are able to do their best to keep us kind of especially protected yeah and lead us in the just put us in the right part and then let us see how, how far it goes mm. yeah very fortunate 
So what would you say um, was the one defining moment that made, you know, you into the person that you are today? So, yeah, one defining moment was um, the, the, my graduation from primary school. This one, one of the moments I will never forget. So that, I was, till today, I still don't really like math. Mm-hmm. But that that day when I graduated, I got about six awards, six of them, math included. So uh, when I look back at the fact that I got awards for even some subjects I didn't like, that, that moment really reminds me that whatever I really put my mind to, I can do it. And whenever I face go through um, some hard times, I always remember that moment that that I, I was able to put in enough work to do that because because sometimes you need you just need some you need, when you have bad times you need to have those moments where you remember uh, that you did uh, something great something unbelievable because if I look back I I don't believe I would have gotten all those whatever because starting off with primary school I was one of those kids that failed in love stuff so when I look back at, at that moment it reminds me what uh, consistency and hard work can can help you achieve mm-hmm. one of the most any moments ever. So when I, whenever I, I take on something new and hard, I, I remember that moment. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Um, so how do people react, for instance, when you introduce yourself as a VA? And do you notice any gender biases? I think uh, working, working, uh, working with people, because most of my clients have been in the US and now in the UK. So working with in those areas, I, I didn't find anything like that. But when you look at um, some people in some other parts of the world, like where I am, it's kind of strange. It's like it's unbelievable that a guy would be doing the VA work, and some of them actually complain a whole lot. Um, I see a lot of complaints online. Guys complaining that uh, the, or the ladies are getting all the jobs. But I, I, I mm. always believe. Uh, but one thing I always believe is that uh, even if I'm doing it, it's because it's something I really enjoy doing. I believe that everyone has something different to offer. Mm-hmm. So not not two VAs are the same. So I, I think if you can just be yourself and bring something unique, you get yeah. So I'm I'm used to it. So when I see people complain, I, I just try to remind them that. So we are very few guys. Very few guys are mm-hmm. VAs. So, so uh, it's unique, you know. It, yeah. You get that kind of. Uh, Kind of special audience already by the time you you be like in, in a meeting with v's and they're only like uh five guys and almost 30 women on the, on the meeting yeah i, I think <laughs> i think in my career i've i've you're the third um male that i have met as a virtual assistant and the one i last knew was amazing at his job he really was. He was, you know, an executive assistant and he just had everything together. It was really impressive. So yeah. so I don't really think um, that the the gender really has anything to do with whether you're good or not. It's just that it's still very unusual. Yeah, it's just like uh, when, I, when you see a male nurses. Yeah, it's just like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's move on to your time at um, the military boarding school. 
tell tell us how old you were at the time, how long you were there for, and um, what it was like. So yeah, I got I got in. I think yeah, I don't remember the date. I got into uh, school. Uh, that's twelfth September, twenty ten. Mm-hmm. That's right after primary school, secondary school. <sighs> it was crazy uh, because for the first time, telling an eleven year old to wake up by four, I think five. If I try at 5 a.m., mm-hmm. at first it was crazy. It's, if you just because uh, just um, you know as kids you you grow up um, depending on your parents for so many things. You wake up in the morning, they mm-hmm. prepare it back for you, mm-hmm. prepare breakfast for you, and all that. They do your laundry, they take you to church, take you to school, and all that. But when you go there for the first time, you're, you're doing all these things for yourself. You're washing your own clothes. Because until, until, because it's a boarding school, you know, um, our kids are always stealing, don't laugh, but uh, tough people always do laugh, you know, and you also learn some form of discipline. Mm-hmm. You, you, so yeah, I, I did learn. You, you did you act one big thing that you do learn to actually do things for yourself, and I, I was there for six years. I came out on uh, in July 16, 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was the day I graduated. So. A lot of hurtful uh, memories, but the, the, the good things is that you, you actually become tougher and uh, you, you learn to do things for yourself. And yeah, when, when you come out, uh, when, when you see the difference between someone that attended that school and other schools, is uh, even when we go out of the school, we have this kind of call. We have, I see some kind of community still connected to each other. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so you bond because you've only got each other and you're going through everything together, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, we, we went through so many stuff together, so it's just, if you get anyone, any other person that uh, went to the same school as me, they're going to have lots of stories to tell. Mm-hmm. A, lot, a whole lot happened there. Mm-hmm. And what's what's the kind of toxicity um, did you kind of like witness there? Because, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm guessing that you were all boys. No, they're girls too. Ah, okay. Yeah. So tell me about that. That's interesting. So uh, I think you, you we, we get beat a lot. And one thing, people that, when you get beat, you know, you, you, def, you definitely have people that are going to cry and cry. But the people that don't cry when you get beat get some kind of risk, like more respect. So uh-huh. I think uh-huh. over time, you, you learn not to cry when you get beat. So I think till today, I still struggle with crying, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, you get beat and you don't cry. You get uh, you get your stuff stolen and it it's crazy. Your your stuff gets stolen and you just have to keep quiet and it and people that are a little bit should I say more more kind of should I say violent, but because you have seniors beating on their juniors and the seniors that beat on their juniors more get get more respect. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So a whole a whole lot of I think for one thing I said is that I think if we did spend uh, I think one one thing they would have, that they would have done I, I advised is that uh, most people that went to that school um, some of them find it a little bit hard to readjust when when they, when they got out kind of readjust you you have um some of them go out and they still beat other people outside and there's still kind of that element of violence. How 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 different do you think it was for the girls then there? 
it, it doesn't it wasn't different though it's the same thing exactly but did they would get beaten as well yeah exactly and for i think outside i think they had some kind of um because there's some punishment they don't they don't let them go through but when they go because they they go back to their hostels and they they have to stay with their seniors and and from the stories i had some of my female friends tell me when i was back there they they get their female seniors get really violent with them and sometimes um because there's this one time when i was in my uh fifth year mm -hmm. they, they they had these issues really their seniors in the sixth year six years the last year and so what the seniors did was that they asked them that during the break time they should leave whatever they are doing and, and come to their classes and these girls who because you're going to be so tired because they don't give us enough food you don't even if the food is not that the quality of the food is not that good mm -hmm. so during the break time it's the time for you to kind of relax and go get something to eat so these girls who eat and they will spend um, most of their break time buying stuff for their seniors and going errands for their seniors so they did that for for weeks and i could see that they actually the pain in the eyes when, when they are doing that so i think that's one of one thing i remember that's one scenario i remember so the girls they went through exactly the same thing so now some of them still have the uh, scars on their knees So, uh, so that was a totally toxic environment. How did you survive? I was stubborn, actually. <laughs> there, there's some, there's some things I, there's some that, there's some things they asked me to do because I actually had issues with my, um, with my, with my um, hosting managers once on this one occasion. I, I had, I, I was, I, I was about to get out of the hostel for because we call it preparatory classes where you go to read for your exams and stuff and mm -hmm. I was about to get out and he asked me to get into the gutter and I was like no I can't do that sir. and he was kind of beating me and I and I fought back so for me I kind of kind of made my own rules and lived by them I tried to get up when they asked us to get up I, I tried to clean places when they asked us to clean so I, I was quite obedient and I tried to stay out of problems as much as I could and there's some punishments I, I told them I won't do it at all so I just uh, was tough through, it, through the whole process and uh, I worked hard. I tried to make uh, the best of it, have fun. Yeah. And were your parents aware of what was going on there? So, no, there was kind of like um, a whole lot of, um, should I say, they kind of, they kind of kept it out. Uh, so what you see when you, you come for, I think what, um, the parents see when they come for the uh, visiting day mm. and all that. <laughs> and when what um what um I think when people, special people come to visit the school, what they see is kind of different, uh, very different from what happens on a day to day. So they just totally keep it away from them. So the parents, and even if I think you just like when you come and you see uh, a place so peaceful on visiting days and your kid is studying something else, you think they are just trying to leave the school. They don't like boarding school, so then they won't believe you anyway. I tried to tell them a couple of times, of course, but they didn't. So you you obviously um, survived. So, um, and you you spoke about how your your sheer stubbornness really sort of like helped you through those difficult years. So, what would you say is the greatest strength that you've developed 
from that experience? I think it's helped me to become uh, relentless. When I when I really want to do something and someone says you can't do it, it, it can't uh, you can't go this way. I always find a way to get it done as long as it's something that's positive and it's gonna like uh, something I really want. Uh, I find any way to do it. So it does also help me to become uh, a better business person because sometimes you have this uh, task that you have to perform at a particular time for a client and uh, it's so hard. So I, I try to find a way, as I, I'd always try to find a way to get it done. So it always helps you to find a way to get something done because let me use an example. For example, mm-hmm. you you wake up in the morning and you have, because you could have, maybe you have three uniforms and two of them has gotten stolen. So now you have one. And now you <laughs> you, you washed your uniform the, the previous <laughs> uh, afternoon, let's say afternoon and and it's wet in the next morning. So it was, we always had to find a way to dry the uniform using electric irons without staining it. So it has taught me to always find a way to get something done. Yeah, you know? even when it seems impossible. Yeah, you always find a way to get it done, even when it seems possible. Wow, so that's quite, um, that's quite impressive. Um, and, and which aspects of um, that military school did you struggle with the most? It's mostly the, the beating. I, sometimes it was just really bad. and it, it just, I, I, I had no problem waking up early. I think I, I knew that in the long term it was going to be useful mm-hmm. to wake up early and things down. But it was just, the, just some of the punishments we had, we had like for military, for the kind of punishments we had, we had drills that military people were supposed to do, not us. So for people that are young doing that, uh, those punishments and all that, and those beatings and get having your stuff stolen and all that was, was something I really struggled with. It was really painful on some days. Some days I just got so fed up and angry. Mm. So that's the only part I struggled with. I think most of the other stuff were really good, but just the, the, the beating, the, the punishments and all that. So most times it was unnecessary. Sometimes some... Sometimes one, one person one person could do something wrong and the whole class is getting punished for it. So mm. really struggling with all, all that. Yeah. But did you find that you had a good network um, of friends who who could support you and get you through those tough times? For, for me. What, what kind of message would you give guys... Um, out there because that kind of background toughens you up doesn't it and um makes make makes you you know like you said very very resilient and very determined but that can also become the undoing of of guys when they put themselves under that amount of pressure to always perform to always be succeeding so um and so any guys out there that are listening that are feeling that pressure to always outperform themselves and shine and be tough what would you say i'd say i think first thing is the fact that you should know that at some point you're gonna feel at something because yeah we all we all do end up feeling at something at some point and at that point so many so many guys um tend to kind of beat themselves up about it. So 
I think they should always remember that when they actually fail at something, they should know that that moment of failure is a, is a time they actually they can actually learn something new about themselves or uh, whatever they're doing, and they shouldn't feel so bad about it. They should just actually. I think for me, I, I believe that the best time you learn is from failures because then you know that you know what went wrong and you could work on it. So, and I, another thing is, as guys, we get pressure from family and friends and all that to do, do um kind of for, for many guys to make money fast and you end up going so many uh, wrong ways about it. So I think kind of taking things easy and going at your own speed and being able to listen to yourself because. Sometimes, as guys, we are, we hide emotions so that's not to look weak. Yeah. And I'm guilty of it at sometimes. I'm still learning, actually. So mm-hmm. I think showing emotions sometimes and actually feeling it, trying to, instead of pushing it down, actually expressing what we feel helps helps us of, of to be do better, actually. And it's going to really take off that, that um, pressure you feel in your chest, that uh, overwhelm. Mm-hmm. That anxiety. I think if you express how you feel that and you take it down, it will be more easy on yourself. You you find life a little bit more enjoyable because so many people actually um, put so many guys actually put themselves through so much, so much stress, so much pressure, and and it ends up uh, they end up breaking down. Mm-hmm. But I think if you can actually know that failure is actually a, a way to learn stuff about yourself and actually improve and kind of knowing that. It's okay to show emotion and say how you feel to just express how you feel. So it's gonna you're gonna see um how 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 much that's gonna help. Mm-hmm. So would you do, do you have in your friendship group with guys? You know, are you open? Do you talk about real stuff or is it just surface level? So I have so many so many friends that I, I don't talk deep stuff. I have so many friends I, I don't uh, but there's this one guy we've been friends since 2010 back in high school mm-hmm. we, we, we talk about wait, one second sorry about that so mm-hmm. in high school there's this one friend I had and since 2010 we, we talk about business we talk about everything he's the one person I can also always go up to and and talk about stuff because he unlike me he was he he got in, he got into high school when he was about eight nine years old so he was really young and small back then. Wow. So we've been we've been friends since 2010, and he's my one person to go to when I need to talk about anything business related. Oh, personal. yeah. It always helps to have that uh, that one person you can always go to when you, when you need to talk. So I have so many friends, but it's always that one person. I I'm sure I can always call. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Right. And if at least you've got one friend that you can go to from a sea of friends that's really important because unfortunately lots of guys just do not reach out and ask for help um, admit that they're struggling or they're feeling low or suffering from depression and they just do that all on their own in in secret and really struggle so that's really important that guys know that it's okay to at least have one friend that you can open up to and be honest with. Yeah, it helps because when you actually talk to uh, talk to your friend, you're actually kind of like a mirror. So you actually even sometimes you actually see the problem. Sometimes you 
you hear an idea, when we talk about business, you hear an idea, you didn't know it has been in your head. So as you talk, he actually, so it's fun. We just go out uh, sometimes, just talk, and it's great. Mm-hmm. So I think if, if, if even if you don't have, you have a low level, you just can just have that one, having that one person you can always talk to really, really helps in your life. Yeah. And so you can trust and so it's been how many years now? That's the longest friend I have, I think 11 years now. Mm-hmm. Friend. So there's a lot of experience. Yeah, that's great. So um, it's been really interesting talking to you, Bill, and thank you for being so open and honest and sharing your experience with us and if um, anyone wanted to find out more about you get in touch with you or whatever where could they find you so uh, i've been uh, i'm mostly on linkedin now because i really enjoy the support and community there they they're just they're, they're amazing people on there so you can mostly find me on linkedin these days and, and facebook but it's best on linkedin because then I love. I, I'm more on LinkedIn and it's easier to reach me mm-hmm. there. So, if you want to reach me easy, easily, you reach me out on LinkedIn. But if you don't use LinkedIn, you can reach me on Facebook. I'm, I'm always. I'm there too. But mm-hmm. LinkedIn mm-hmm. and more. So mostly on, on LinkedIn. I, I use my name Williams Bill Junior. But I, I guess you, I can also uh, put my link on uh, this episode. Or you mm-hmm. can check on the description. It'll say it there. Okay. It's, it's gonna be nice to actually uh, talk with anyone that that wants to talk. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love meeting new people, so feel free to reach out anytime. That's wonderful, great. So thank you very much, Bill. Um, it's been a pleasure. Wishing you all the best with um, your endeavors and what you're doing and with the music, and um, speak to you again soon. So thank you. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me on here, and yeah, thanks thank a you. lot. Thanks for the whole lot. Yeah. This episode with Bill is a great example of toxic masculinity where young boys learned that not crying earns you respect. The less emotions they showed, the easier life became at military school for them. They were forced to grow up fast and the price they pay later shows up in their relationships when they don't know how to open up and express themselves or they see failure as something to be ashamed of. So, a very insightful look at what being a man looks like for a lot of men out there. So, leave me a comment if there's anything that resonated with you, or if you'd like to come on my podcast and share your story. You can leave me a voicemail message, or you can drop me an email at shari at shari-lewisonfrish.com. Thank you. Until the next episode. Take care. Thank you.